I did hear a, a preschooler out there today on the playground go, you want to be my friend? Oh. I was like, I wanted to go over and be like, I'll be your friend. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Christ Community Church. We are <laughs> glad you're here this weekend. I'm Trisha. And I'm Amy. And we're goofballs. And we're <laughs> and we're today's service host. Yay. Part of Christ Community's DNA. We're super fun. Just ask us. <laughs> Peace out. and welcome to Christ Community Church Online. Thanks for joining us for service this weekend. I'm Trisha. And I'm Amy. And we are so excited to be hosting today's service. First, if you're watching this during our online weekend services, be sure to use our chat feature to say a quick hello to our host and let us know that you are here. Yes, the chat feature is a great tool to connect with other viewers while watching service. Plus, we'd love to know who's watching with us today. Hey kids, guess what? Virtual Awana starts this Wednesday, September 23rd. In an effort to stay within our COVID-19 guidelines, Awana will start out virtually. And we hope that as the year progresses, that this will change back into an in-person model. But for now, we'll be providing your child with the materials needed to do Awana from home. That's right, all the information is on our website. Just go to our kids page and you'll find a link to our Awana resources. And now, as we get ready to worship, we invite you to take in this service and all that God has for you. Let's lift our voices in praise to the Lord.
We acknowledge the fact that when we sing the line, bear your cross as you wait for the crown, that God, our cross is nothing compared to the cross that you bore for us. So sometimes we feel like life isn't going our way or we don't want to do what we're doing or be in what we're in. But God, it pales in comparison to what you were in for us. God, we can't imagine the cross But God, not only can you imagine it, you went through it. And for that, we are grateful. The fact that we can throw our sins at the foot of that cross and throw our shame. And at your death, we take away pureness. We take away peace and we take away hope. So God, we thank you and are in awe of the cross today. In your holy and righteous name we pray. Amen. Welcome back. And for those of you just tuning in, I'm Trisha. And I'm Amy. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Part of Christ Community's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can join us in this and worship through your giving. We invite you to take this opportunity to click on the Give link on your screen. We are grateful for your generosity. If you're new to joining us, thank you for tuning into our online church experience today. We are thrilled to welcome you to our church, and we invite you to take this moment to fill out our online connection card. It's a great way for us to help get you connected here at CCC. Click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post, or you can click the live prayer button and one of our service hosts would be happy to get you connected that way as well. We are continuing to pray for each of you, and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. We can be confident that God hears us when we come before him. If you would like prayer at any time during the service, our hosts are available on our streaming service throughout the live prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week too. You can check these out in the prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning in to Christ Community Church Online. And now, here's the message from Daryl.
Hey, Christ Community Church, happy weekend. We made it, made it to another one. I'm so glad that you're with us today. I've been praying for you this week, particularly those of you who are fighting through the school year. Uh, we know that this is a tough thing and uh, know that the Lord is with you and you're doing well. I'm really thankful for the time that we've had together in this series on prayer. I was doing a little reading on this this week, read this little joke about two brothers. They were spending the night with their grandma and it was a few weeks before Christmas and so they were about to go to bed and they were saying their bedtime prayers. The older brother went first and he prayed about the day he'd had and about the things they'd done. And he got to the end and he said, amen. And then the little brother began to pray. And he prayed much louder than the big brother had. And he prayed about how good he had been. And he asked God for things like bikes and toys. And, and when he finally said, amen, the older brother looked over at him and said, why are you praying so loud? God's not deaf. And the little brother smiled and said, yeah, but it's almost Christmas and grandma is. And so zero points for him for faith in God. I guess all the points for him for faith in his grandma. Read another little story about a captain of a ship. Storm was raging and he realized that his boat was definitely gonna sink. And so he called out, does anyone here know how to pray? And one guy stepped forward, raised his hand and said, I, captain, I know how to pray. The captain's response was, good, you pray. The rest of us are gonna put on our life jackets, but we're one short. <laughs> so, so if that's the circumstances, there ought to be something, you hope there's something to this prayer thing. And of course, you, know, you and I, we know there's something to this prayer thing. There is an all-powerful God who hears and responds to our prayers. As we continue our series today, what I wanna talk with you about is, I mean, in the Bible, there is a definite connection between our prayers and our faith. And so I wanna explore that with you a little bit because a number of different places, the Bible talks about the importance of, of us as the people who are praying, um, being people who have faith. It talks about boldness. It talks about confidence in our approach to God. And so I want us to explore that together. And, and as we do that, we're really gonna talk about exercising faith. And because we've been really clear over these last few weeks, and I continue to hold this out to you, Faith is a gift that God gives to you. It's not something that you can manufacture on your own. It's not something that you make or that somehow you have other than it's a gift that comes to you from the Lord. And so the thing that is on you and on me is that we exercise this gift that God has given to us. And so, so I wanna talk with you today really in the context of how do we exercise this faith that God has given to us? Uh, how do we... How do we pray with confidence, with boldness? Um, we're gonna look at some of those verses that talk about that. How do we do that? And, and how do we do that in such a way that it increases the effectiveness of our prayers? And so what we're gonna do today is I wanna show you this main verse that we're gonna talk about. It's Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. This is where we're gonna start and this is where we're gonna end today because this states the concept that we need to grasp in a really simple and straightforward way. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 12, the scripture talks about in him and it's talking about Christ Jesus, our Lord from the verses above. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And it's important to our heavenly father that we approach him with freedom and with confidence. 
And so I wanna show us from the Bible how it can look for us to approach God with freedom and with confidence. If you just hold on to those two words, if those two words could characterize your prayer life, how you approach God, you approach him with freedom and with confidence. To me, I, just, I really appreciate this. It makes prayer a lot more fun, it makes prayer a lot more interesting. It's a lot more relational. I mean, it's mentioned enough times in the Bible that I'm convinced there is some sort of a connection between our prayers being answerable by God when we come to him with, with freedom and with confidence instead of coming to him, maybe kind of keeping our emotional and our spiritual distance. So I've got six things for us today that I think they're really practical. Our time together is short, so we're gonna kind of move through these quickly, but there's Bible verses connected to them and I'll read some verses, kind of summarize some others for you. But I hope at the end, these are, these are all really helpful to you as you take your next steps in prayer. So here's, here's the first thing of what it could look like to pray with freedom and confidence. Number one is to pray like you belong in the throne room of the sovereign God. To pray like you actually belong in the throne room of the sovereign God. In Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16, we're encouraged with this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And this verse seems to connect that idea of approaching God with confidence and finding mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking, I remember a couple months ago, Pastor Andy talked about Queen Esther. He told the story of Esther and the king of Persia. And it's, it's a long story, but Queen Esther, her people were under duress. They were under a death sentence. And she was the queen of Persia. She was a Jewish person, the queen of Persia. And, and it was decided, she and her leadership decided that she needed to approach King Artaxerxes, who was the king of Persia at that time. If you came to the king of Persia without being summoned, there was a risk that you would be put to death. If he didn't extend his scepter towards you, his staff that was in the throne room would grab you and take you and execute you because you dared approach him without him calling you to come. And so Esther approached the king. She was the queen and she approached the king. And before she approached him, the Jewish people who she was approaching on their behalf, they took three days of fasting and prayer, asking God to use her to grant her favor with the king so that she would be the instrument that he used to deliver them. For three days, people were fasting and praying so that she as a queen could walk into the throne room of the king. I can't imagine the nerves she must have been feeling as she approached King Artaxerxes as she walked into that throne room. It was a place that by all the rules and all the procedures and all the policies and all the things that had happened in the history of that throne room, it was a place that was very clear that was not for her unless she was summoned to be in there. And so all those things that she was feeling as she walked into the room, when you and I think about prayer, it's exactly the opposite of that. We think in terms of like, there's a couple things in the scripture that we talk about here in Hebrews chapter four. It talks about because of Jesus, because of what he has done, how he is our high priest, because he represents us before God and represents God to us. 
you and I actually, we have a legal right to be there because of Jesus's death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. Those of us who are trusting in him, he robes us or cloaks us in his righteousness. And so we have the right, the legal right to be in the throne room of God. And so we can approach him with confidence, but more than just a legal right of being there, we actually have a familiar, a family right to be there. Because when we put our trust in Jesus as our savior, the Bible tells us that God adopts us into his family. He calls himself our father and he says to us, you are my children. And so we aren't just walking into the throne room of a sovereign king. We're actually walking into the room that is occupied by our heavenly father. And so so Esther, on the one hand, is a person who's walking into a throne room with no clue what awaits her there. Favor, execution, she has no idea. And so all the fear and trepidation that came with that, whereas you and I, we have a place in the throne room of God and we have the opportunity and really we're called and encouraged to enter into prayer like people who belong in the throne room of the sovereign Lord. And so that's the first, to, to enter into prayer and to see yourself walking into the throne room, not of some distant God, but of God your Father who has not summoned, but invited and encouraged you to come and to visit with him in that throne room. That's the first thing. The second thing is to pray like this sovereign Lord is leaning in to hear what you have to say. Your, your heavenly Father is never on his phone when you're praying to him. Um, you have his full attention. And that's, that's just this amazing concept. You have his full attention. When I think about that, I think about two different passages of scripture. And one of them is in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said that not a sparrow falls to the ground unless our heavenly father, like outside of his notice. Like birds, when you think about the most remote, wild place that you've ever been, a place where there's no other human beings and the birds that are present in that place, not a sparrow falls to the ground, even out in those places, our heavenly father notices that and Jesus finishes that up and says, and you're more valuable to him than the birds. And so he has his eye on us and he is aware of us and he knows what's going on in our lives. And then there's this second verse. Um, it's a lady named Hagar and it's back in Genesis chapter 16. She'd been mistreated. She had been kicked out of her home and into the desert. She was pregnant. She was in danger. She was far from home. It was a desperate situation. And the Lord found her and he rescued her. And the scripture says very clearly, he found her. And at the end of that encounter, she has this name for God. She declares to him, you are the God who sees me. And again, God is, God is this sovereign Lord who is leaning in to hear you pray. And so when you pray to him, pray like he's listening, like pray like he's really interested in what you have to say because he is. There's an old movie called um, Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey. Maybe you've seen it. A guy named Bruce has a problem. Like he has a problem with the way that God is running the world. And he articulates that problem. And what God does is God gives him enough of divine responsibility. So he really feels the weight of what God is dealing with. And one of the scenes in there is about prayer. And he is given, Bruce is given the responsibility of hearing and answering everybody's prayers and he can't do it. 
And there comes a point where he just kind of throws up his hands in frustration after hearing all these voices in his head and he transitions it actually to an email system and the emails just rack up faster. And he just, he just throws up his hands and he says yes to all of it. And it's kind of a funny moment. It's very cheesy and it's overacted like Jim Carrey always does. But it really, what's interesting to me in that, in that moment, it's like God never throws up his hands and says, I can't deal with all. Can you imagine the number of prayers that are being prayed at each moment of each day? And I can't, like, I can't explain this, but I can tell you from the scriptures that, that God has the capacity to deal with each person who is praying to him as if you're the only person praying to him. And he is really interested in what you have to say. He's hearing and he is emotionally engaged and he is responding to your prayer. And so when you're praying to him, you just need to know he's, he's not on his phone. He's not trying to figure out how to deal with you and deal with all this other stuff that's going on. He is leaned in and listening to you. And so, so prayers that are prayed with confidence and with freedom are prayers that are prayed like the sovereign Lord is leaning in to hear what you have to say. Here's the third thing. Um, pray whatever your new heart desires. Just pray whatever your new heart desires. We looked in Luke chapter 11 and Jesus gave us some talking points and those are really important. And those are things that we should be praying about. But pray whatever your, whatever your new heart desires. And when I say new heart, um, when we put our trust in Jesus as our savior, and when you did that, he gave you a new spiritual heart. The Bible paints this picture of how we had a heart that was made of stone. And now because we have put our faith in Jesus, we have a heart that's made of flesh. It's soft, it's alive, it's pointed towards God. Your old heart, that heart that was made of stone, that heart, it'll lead you to pray for things that are all about you. It'll lead you to pray for things that are you know, making sure that you have yours and you just got your arms wrapped around things and pray about your comfort zone, focused on you and getting and having your way. That's where your old heart will lead you. But your new heart, that new heart that is soft and alive and is pointed towards God, that one is it's one you can follow when you pray. I know it feels a little fuzzy to say that, but I think if, you have, if you've paid much attention to your spiritual life, you're aware that there's, there's this new heart that's pointed Godward and there's this old part of you that's pointed towards self. And if you're listening to that old heart, it's always gonna be self and self-centered. But if you're listening to that new heart and it's Godwardness, um, you will be walking in and praying in the direction God wants you to pray. I love this verse, John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And Jesus makes this statement over and over in the scriptures. He tells us that when we ask for things in his name, he's going to give it to us. And your new heart is going to lead you towards asking for things in Jesus' name. That's not just a tagline that we put at the end of our prayers. You know, we pray, Jesus, we pray these things in your name, in Jesus' name, in your name. Like that's not just a tagline at the end of our prayers. That's a statement that we're making. It's an acknowledgement that we have access to the Father through Jesus, through his death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead, through our relationship with him. That's how we have access to the Father. And it's our acknowledgement that that we are living in and praying in submission to who Jesus is and we're praying a desire to be able to follow the path that he has for us. And, and that new heart that you have 
it beats with Jesus's heart. And so as you learn to listen to that new heart and learn to let it lead you into, you can pray your new heart's desires because it's always going to be leading you to praying in Jesus's name. And so you don't have to, you don't have to walk into God's presence worried about, I'm gonna pray the wrong thing or I'm gonna ask the wrong thing. If you'll listen to that new heart that he's given to you, uh, you'll, be, you'll be praying in Jesus's name and those are the prayers that God loves to answer. That's the third one. Here's the fourth one. Um, pray like this prayer is gonna make all the difference in whatever it is that you're praying about. To pray like this one is gonna make all the difference in whatever it is that you're praying about. Um, last week, we talked about what happens when you pray. And if you haven't listened to that message yet, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. And when we pray, God interrupts the status quo. He does miraculous things in response to our prayer. He increases our faith and we get to grow in our intimacy with him. There's all these amazing things that happen when we pray. So Marie and I, we live a long ways away from our kids. And one of them's in Dallas, the other's just north of Houston in Texas. And when things that are happening in their life, um, it's hard for us sometimes to be distance. And um, one of the thoughts that I have is like, well, at least I can pray for him. And that is, like, that's not a great thought because it's not just like, at least I can pray for him. Um, when, when I'm thinking about like, I can pray for them is the right thought. When I think about what we read last week in Psalm 18 about what happens when we pray about how God hears when we cry out to him and he responds like he has an emotional response to our prayers and he moves heaven and earth and creates that spiritual ruckus and comes to the rescue of his people in response to the prayers of his people. It's not just like, oh, all I can do in this situation is pray, but my prayer actually makes a difference. And so when, when we are praying to pray, prayers that are prayed with confidence and with freedom our prayers that are prayed with this belief that this prayer is gonna make all the difference in my life, the life of the person I'm praying for, the situation that I'm praying about. And so it's, I'm not just praying about it. That's not all I can do. Um, this prayer is gonna make, this prayer is gonna make all the difference for them and for us. So that's the fourth thing. Here's the fifth thing. Um, pray with whatever passion you are feeling. Pray with whatever passion you're feeling. I was thinking my way through the scriptures on this. In 1 Samuel chapter one, a lady named Hannah is praying for a child. She can't have kids and she's praying for a child. And the scripture describes her as being in deep anguish and she was weeping bitterly before the Lord. And as she was praying, her lips were moving, but no words were coming out, which you and I hear that and we think, well, that's pretty normal. And we see a lot of people praying silently, their lips are moving, no words are coming out. But in her culture, that was really weird. And a guy named Eli, who was the priest, he was watching her and he saw, he saw her emotion before the Lord in prayer. And he actually thought that she was drunk. The way that she was expressing herself to the Lord was so countercultural to the way people prayed at that time. But she was just being raw and she was being honest. And she didn't worry, like she wasn't trying to match her prayer to whatever was culturally appropriate at the time. She prayed with the passion that she was feeling. And the Lord heard her prayer, answered her and gave her a child. I was thinking about Paul. We talked about him last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where he said, you know, three times I had this thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan. He said three times I pleaded with the Lord about that. 
pleaded is a strong word. He didn't just kind of suggest that, hey, Lord, maybe you could or, or ask, but he's really clear with the emotion of that three times. I pleaded with the Lord that he would take this thing away from me. And you saw it last week, the Lord said, he said no to that, but yes to something different that was faith builder. But still, in, like, he prayed with the passion that he was feeling in that moment. And, and there's confidence and there's freedom to be able to, to pray with the emotions that you're experiencing. In Acts chapter three, a man who'd been lame, unable to walk since birth, I mean, he's healed. It's, it's, a, it's a famous passage. He's, he's healed by Peter and John. And they tell him, like, he was begging. They said, we don't have any money, anything to give you, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he's, he stood up and walked. And the scripture describes him as walking and jumping and praising God. And that praising God is a prayer. And so I'm pretty sure if he's walking and jumping while he's praying, he's not in hands folded and head bowed, eyes closed kind of posture. He's, he's making a scene in celebration of what God had done for him and the joy that he was experiencing because God had set him free. And he was, just, he was going with the passion that he was feeling in that moment that he was praying. And so it is, you have the freedom to express the passion that you are feeling over the things that you're praying about. That's part of expressing, it's part of praying with freedom and with confidence. I just have one little note of caution on that. There's a guy named Job in the Old Testament. Um, He got a little snippy with the Lord and he crossed a line in that. Um, The words that God uses was that he was contentious with God, he accused God and he actually tried to correct God. And God called him to account for that, but really all God did to him, he didn't smite him. He didn't, God didn't do much to him other than correct him verbally and he fathered him through that moment. And he gave him great latitude to, the Lord listened to the circumstances that Job was in, to his prayer, to his passion, to his anger even. And when Job crossed the line, God fathered him through that and got him back to where he needed to be. And so even in that story, you, you can approach the Lord with freedom, knowing that if you cross a line, if your heart's soft towards him, if you're listening to him, if you happen to cross a line, he's gonna father you back into the place that you need to be. And so again, to pray with freedom and with confidence by, by whatever passion you're feeling, that's the fifth thing. And then here's the sixth thing. Um, pray like you can't mess it up. To pray like you can't mess it up. Let me read this verse to you. It's in Romans chapter eight, verse 26. The Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I can't remember who I learned this concept that I'm sharing with you from, um, but it has been the last few years, and I'm really grateful because it has changed everything for me in my prayer life. This statement it breathes so much confidence and from so much freedom into me knowing that I can't mess it up. Uh, scripture tells us that God, the Holy Spirit, like he lives inside of me. He lives inside of you as a believer in Jesus. He helps us pray. We, we don't know how to pray. We don't know what we're supposed to pray. We're, we're human beings and we're weak and he lives inside of us and he helps us know how to pray. He's breathing life into my new heart. And he's drawing out of my new heart 
the kinds of things, the things that I should and need to be praying for. He's helping me pray in Jesus' name, under Jesus' authority, along the lines of Jesus' agenda. And he's helping me talk to my heavenly father. He's taking what's in my new heart and he's communicating that to my heavenly father. And so in all of this, I mean, I'm very involved in what's going on. You're very involved in what's going on in this prayer process, but you can't mess it up if you're praying in dependence on God, the Holy Spirit and allowing him to, to lead you into prayer. So one of my favorite stories connected to this and one of my great learning moments um, connected to this several years ago was when Marie and I were living in Austin, Texas and our oldest son and his wife, they were living in Kansas City, Missouri, which was about a 10 hour drive from us at that time. And one morning I was praying for them like I did and like I still do. And it's just, it's a normal thing for me to pray for our kids. And, and I was thinking about how I missed being around them. And as I was praying for them, I started praying that the Lord would work it out where they could live closer to us. And as I was praying that, I was kind of thinking, man, it's kind of selfish that you're praying this about, about them coming to live closer to you. And so I, I, start, I was praying that the Lord would work it out so they could live closer to us in a way that would be better for him, my son, and his, my daughter-in-law in their work and in their relationship, and that it would just be this good, healthy thing all the way around that we would be able to live closer together. And... I don't remember ever praying that for them before, praying about that with them before. We've always felt like the Lord had our family in the places where they were supposed to be. But that day, I just, I was missing them and asked the Lord if he'd bring them closer for us. So about two days after that, my son called and told me that his work was offering him a new position in a place that was about two and a half hours from where we lived. And he and his wife were both really excited about that opportunity and that they were gonna be moving closer to us in the next little bit. And I think that was on a Wednesday. I was praying on a Monday morning. And what I found out from him in that conversation where he told us they were moving closer to us was Monday morning, the morning that I was praying about God moving them closer. His bosses were having a meeting talking about who they were gonna put closer who they were going to put in this new city and how all that was going to go down. And I don't think that was an accident. I am very convinced that God, the Holy Spirit was leading my new heart to pray for things that were going to be good and healthy for my son and for my daughter-in-law and for us as an extended family so that we could all be reasonably close together. And I just, I'm so grateful that the Lord would do something like that moving me from what I thought might be a selfish prayer or you know, just kind of helping me with my comfort zone and drawing out of me something that he wanted me to pray. And if I didn't have confidence in that moment that I couldn't mess it up, I'm not sure what my prayer would have looked like on that Monday morning when my son's bosses were talking about who they were gonna put in a place that was close to us. And so I, just, I wanna encourage you today that because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, because he helps us in our weaknesses, because we really don't know what we ought to pray for. He intercedes for us. He leads us, he guides us, he translates, he communicates. You can't mess this prayer thing up. And so to pray like you can't mess it up. So we have a great opportunity for you to put some of these things into practice this week. Some of you will be, remember last year being introduced to a thing that was called the daily office. 
and it's a structured way of spending time with God each day. It's not, it's not like an extended quiet time in the morning. It's a shorter time each day. And each office contains five elements. The first element is silence and stillness. Then scripture. There's a devotional that goes with it. There's a question to consider and a prayer. And you practice these offices twice each day. So Pastor Greg has put together a daily office for you uh, each of the five days of this week, Monday through Friday. And I think it would be a really good thing if you would participate in that. It would be a great opportunity for you to practice praying with freedom and with confidence. And if you'd like to sign up, um, what we'll do is we'll email you each morning um, a link to the daily office for that day. And we've got, you've got our website to the prayer page. I've got that link in front of you right now. If you, you can go there and you can sign up to receive this daily email for five days so that you can participate in this daily office and it will guide you in enjoying a brief but meaningful and intentional time with the Lord. Again, including a prayer time where you can take your next steps in praying with confidence and freedom. So let me show you our verse again, and then I wanna pray for us, and I'll ask you our questions for reflection and discussion. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. In him, Christ Jesus our Lord, in him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. Can I pray for us? Will you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, um, we come before you knowing that um, not only are you the sovereign God, but you are also our Heavenly Father and you very much desire relationship with us. And so I pray that you would help us grow in our ability to approach you with freedom and with confidence. Whatever constraints that we may feel in this area of prayer, wherever we're bound up or whatever kind of ceiling we've placed for ourselves, I pray that you would rescue us from that. I pray that you would help us be people who approach you. Again, I love these words, with boldness, with confidence, with freedom. And you delight in that. So we wanna come to you in that way because you take delight in that. And we wanna honor you with being confident and bold and feeling free as we talk with you. And so help us in that, please grow us. We give ourselves to your spirit who will teach us these things. We're committed to learning to pray by praying. And so please continue to call us to prayer. And Jesus, all this access, all this blessing, it's because of you and what you have given to us, what you've done for us. So we're grateful. And so I pray these things in your name, amen. All right, so let me ask you these questions for discussion, for reflection. The first one, how does this idea of approaching God with freedom and confidence line up with or differ from your thoughts about prayer? Is, is this familiar to you or is this something that you kind of wrestling through or with? The second one, do you tend to approach God like Queen Esther had to approach the king of Persia or are you more like a kid walking into their dad's room? And why do you think that is for you? Third question, how do you feel about praying with passion? And when you pray, are you more naturally passionate or are you more naturally reserved? And then the fourth question, what do you think about this idea that you cannot mess up in prayer? What do you, like, does that resonate with you? Does that sound a little strange? Like, what do you think about that idea that you can't mess up in prayer? And then fifth, how can you use what we're learning about prayer to help or serve someone else? Prayer's a great way to take care of other people and to um, blow some wind in their sails. Just get you thinking about how, well, outwardly, how can we take this prayer thing and, and use it to serve and help somebody else? 
Thank you guys again for being with us. Um, it's been great to be with you today. May God bless you. I love you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. If you know any needs in our church or in our community, please reach out as we want to help. You can either contact the church office or go to the service opportunity tool on our website. We'll work with you to figure out how CCC can help. Thank you again for choosing Christ Community Online for your church experience today. See you next time.